Hey everyone, this is James Wilson with MTB Strength Training Systems and welcome back to another Writing for a Lifetime podcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk about a subject that I don't think we can have an honest discussion about the idea of writing for a lifetime without bringing up, and that is hormone replacement therapy. Uh, Hormone replacement therapy, or HRT for short, is something that has become really popular in the last few years. I know when I was a kid, it was pretty much unheard of. The idea of being able to go to a medical doctor and have them help you optimize your hormone levels, you know, especially as a man, was just completely unheard of, right? Like you might have heard about some sort of hormone replacement stuff for menopausal women, but the idea of, of a man doing it was, especially through a medical doctor, was unheard of, right? Like, you know, you always had your, uh, your pioneers in the field of uh, stuff. I remember reading in bodybuilding magazines, like taking things that increase your growth hormone or testosterone or whatever. And of course, you always had your, your black market illegal steroids and things. But uh, again, the idea of being able to go to a doctor, have blood work done, and then have hormones uh, and, and other things prescribed to your based on that blood work was was an unknown thing and so it was something that I really resisted for a long time again it just it wasn't a concept that I grew up with and so it was really foreign um, and, you know I, I'd seen it getting more popular I'd seen the research but part of me still felt I mean just to be totally honest with you part of me still felt like it was a little bit of cheating right like that it was something that uh, if I couldn't do it, quote unquote, naturally, then I didn't deserve it. And But as I've gotten older, I've had some things come along that have changed my mind on that subject. And so I've been on uh, hormone replacement therapy for a little over a year now, and I've seen really good results from it. And I wanted to share my experience with it uh, with you. And again, before I get into it, obviously, everybody's experience is going to be different. So this is not you know, saying like this is the best thing for everyone, but I do think that this is something that uh, a lot of a lot of people, especially guys out there, should consider as they're getting older. And uh, and if you're on the fence about it, then then hopefully this can prompt you to at least start doing some research and figure out whether you think that it's going to be a good idea uh, for you or not. So. The first thing that happened to me that started to change my mind about hormone replacement therapy was having several friends of mine go on it and seeing their results and hearing from them their experience with it. And their feedback was that they were you know, recovering from hard training and rides faster. They were getting less sore from training. They had more energy and they were sleeping better. So those were all things that I was losing ground on. And uh, in, in, you know, despite all of my best efforts as I was getting older, just finding those things were were not where they used to be. Uh, besides that, they were definitely seeing some benefits from the aesthetic side. And again, I was you know I've always been in, in pretty good shape, pretty lean, but <clears throat> I could just tell that my body was not responding to training and everything in the same way. And so again, you know, uh, looking good naked, as they say, is uh, is is you know not a bad goal. I mean, obviously, as mountain bikers. Our goal is to also be able to perform well, but again, it never hurts to uh, to look good as well. Um, so anyway, so they were seeing really good results from it, and so I, I, you know, sat and I thought about it for a while, and it was kind of the mental gymnastics, I guess, if you want to call it that, that I performed in my head to get to where I felt like, you know, doing hormone replacement therapy was was going to be right for me. 
And that was that, you know, I figured that if I was going to use modern medicine to extend my life, uh, why not use it to maximize my stolen years? And what I mean by that is that modern medicine has saved my life uh, at least twice with antibiotics, right? Nothing dramatic. But again, we don't think about this. That like, you know, before penicillin, before antibiotics, uh, a bad infection would kill you. Like you'd be done, right? So I've had twice, I had a, a, a tooth that got infected and I had one just a complete freak accident where I was playing with my dog and my dog just scratched my hand with his tooth, right? Like some people would call that biting, but he didn't bite me. It was literally just like, you know, he was playing around and we just, he just scratched my hand and uh, it it got infected and started to get like the, the red lines going up my arm. Like I had to go in, like I, I came pretty close to having to go into the hospital to get it taken care of. And so again, like, you know, a, a few hundred years, you know, 200 years ago, I'd have been dead twice over. Right, so I'm I'm basically sitting here at 47, uh, living what you could call stolen years. Right, that like modern medicine has helped me steal these years uh, of life that I would not have had, uh, you know, at another point in time. And so it seemed kind of silly to me as I thought about it. That like, okay, I'm going to use modern medicine to steal these years to to, to get these extra years. Uh, but I'm not going to maximize them. I'm, I'm going to draw the line and say, like, well, I'm not going to use modern medicine to maximize the stolen years. So I thought that was a little silly when I kind of thought about it that way. It's like, hey, man, if you're not going to use modern medicine, then just don't take antibiotics. And if you're going to take antibiotics and you're going to save yourself and you know live extra years, then why not see if you can use that same medicine to maximize those years? So that was the, like I said, the mental gymnastics, if you want to call it that. Uh, that I did to kind of get myself into a place where I felt like uh, trying it was uh, going to be something that I wanted to do. So I swallowed my pride and I contacted a hormone replacement therapy doctor and started the process. So the first thing that I learned in this process was that I was going to have to pay for it out of my own pocket. Now, uh, the medical you know, insurance, I mean, doesn't cover comprehensive blood work that includes hormone levels. Right. So like you can get your your if you go to your physical, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and you get your annual blood work done, there's a lot of things that they is not covered in that blood work. You know, your hormone levels are are one of those things. And so if you want truly comprehensive blood work that that looks at everything, you're probably going to have to pay for at least part of it out of your own pocket. Uh, again, the medical establishment is not here to optimize your health. I think at this point, if you have not figured that out, then you're living under a rock, right? It's not a giant secret that we don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system that our medical system makes money off of people being sick, not off of keeping people well. And so um, preventative stuff like hormone replacement therapy is not going to be covered, right? So Hormone replacement therapy has been shown to have a positive impact on mood, energy levels, <clears throat> lean body mass, the production of red blood cells, bone mineral density, cognition. It's had some cardiovascular risk factor uh, benefits. Um, but again, because it's seen as a preventative measure instead of an intervention, right? It's trying to keep you well instead of intervening after you've gotten sick. It's simply not seen as important by the the medical establishment and so you're going to have to just you know deal with that fact 
that if you want to optimize your health as you get older, you're probably going to have to advocate for yourself and you're going to have to take some of this into your own hands. So with that said, it means that you're, you know, you need to know that your regular doctor may not be on board with the idea of hormone replacement therapy simply because they don't have much experience with it based on their lack of exposure to it through the medical insurance industry, right? So the medical insurance industry doesn't cover this stuff. And so a lot of just family practitioners, just regular doctors out there don't deal with this and they don't have a lot of exposure to it. And so, you know, I was lucky that my uh, doctor was open to me finding a hormone replacement therapy doctor and working with them. Um, there wasn't a big pissing match between uh, between the two of them. And so hopefully you have a similar situation. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, if you find yourself dealing with a doctor who is behind the times, is not willing to work with you on this, is going to harass you about finding a hormone replacement therapy doctor, then you may want to find another doctor. Again, that's you know not always as easy as just saying that. But, you know, this is your health. This is your life. And so you need to be able to advocate for yourself and what you think is going to be best for you. And if you believe this is going to be best for you and you're working with a medical professional who uh, has really no reason, can't give you any real valid reasons why you shouldn't be doing this, then perhaps you need to find another person to work with. So just, just keep that in mind. So, but again, the best case scenario is, I mean, best case scenario is that your doctor uh, deals with this stuff and can help you with it. But second best uh, case scenario is that you're going to need to find a specific hormone replacement therapy doctor and just explain to your regular doctor that you're going to keep them informed about what's going on, uh, but that you're going to see someone else for your hormone replacement therapy needs. So again, that's what I did. And uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people that have had to do something very similar. So that's just the first thing to, to know as you start going down this path, right? Um, so my, my process right after getting my, my first blood work done, uh, I found out that I was, you know, I was in the healthy range for everything, but there were certainly some things that could be optimized, right? And so I had some things like my A1C uh, and triglycerides, which were were creeping up, uh, getting towards the high end of normal. Um, <clears throat> you know, my dad was a type one diabetic. My mom has a history of high cholesterol, and so that makes sense from a genetic history perspective. Because remember, like your training and what you eat and all that stuff plays a role, but your genetics play a role as well. And that's why it's important to get blood work done and just see, you know, how everything and you know your environment, what the things that you're doing, your genetics, all these things. What is the real impact that it's having on you, and what, where are your hormone, where are your, uh, you know, your your levels at, so that you can can make a, an informed decision about what's going to be the right treatment for you. Um, but again, like I was, you know, dealing with my hormone replacement therapy doctor, it was interesting because uh, <clears throat> my, you know, my A1C and my triglycerides were creeping up. And so for a lot of people in dealing with a regular doctor, the answer to that is to take a pill, right? They're going to tell you, oh, you can take these pills, which will help lower your A1C and help lower your triglycerides. Um, my hormone replacement therapy doctor, uh, looked at that and said, Hey, you know, you've also got some hormones that are out of whack. 
So uh, I found out that my my thyroid levels were were low. This was something that I didn't realize, right? And that that's kind of leads me to the, another thing that I learned about uh, hormone replacement therapy is that it's a, about a lot more than just testosterone, right? So testosterone replacement therapy or TRT is probably the the, the biggest, most well known aspect of of hormone replacement therapy, but it is about a lot more than just that. So again, you want to find a, a doctor who is not just looking to prescribe you testosterone, that they are doing comprehensive blood work, that they are looking at these other uh, levels of things and seeing, you know, are, are they out of whack as well? And then trying to, you know, prescribe you a regimen that's going to address all of it. So for me, like I said, my, my thyroid levels were out of whack and your thyroid is something that a lot of guys have out of whack. Um, and it's important for your energy levels through carb and fat metabolism. And of course, because it's responsible for fat, fat metabolism, it also has an impact on your, uh, you know, your, your body mass, your lean body mass and, and fat mass. And so uh, besides that, I had low levels of B12, low levels of DHEA, and actually my vitamin D levels were also below optimal levels. Now, again, None of these were in what you would consider to be the unhealthy range, right? Like even my testosterone, it was on the low end of normal. It wasn't below what they would consider to be the, the normal range. But again, we're not talking about trying to just exist in what the medical establishment has said is the normal range for a normal person. Because remember, you walk around and you look at the normal person, especially in the, the, you know, the United States, and they're not healthy, right? Your average person is not healthy. And so we don't want to be average, right? We, we want to be optimal. And so, uh, again, like trying to optimize these levels is what the goal of hormone replacement therapy is about. So, uh, so I started a hormone replacement therapy regimen that included testosterone, um, a thyroid pill, my vitamin B12, DHEA, and vitamin D. And it took a couple of weeks, but I started to feel the difference in my energy levels and how sore I was getting from training. And that's probably been one of my biggest uh, things that I've noticed is that I just, I don't get as sore, right? Like I, I man, I used to be able to go work out and ride and, and do all sorts of stuff and be fine the next day. And I just noticed that it just took less and less and less for me to get sore and it took longer for me to recover from hard rides and hard training. And so uh, that was the biggest thing that I noticed right off the bat was just that I was not getting as sore from training. And that also impacted my sleep. I mean, there were times when I was like so sore that it would affect my sleep. And so uh, not being as sore definitely helped my sleep uh, as well. So I, you know, noticed my energy levels. I noticed my, uh, like I said, my sleep improved, like all these things improved. Uh, my hormone levels were optimized after being on it for a year, I redid my blood work. And again, throughout this process, and this is why it's important that you are working with uh, a, a doctor, a hormone replacement therapy doctor with this, because you should be getting blood work done on a, on a regular basis. And again, it may not be the full panel, the full comprehensive panel. Like my doctor would just have me go in and check my, uh, you know, my, my, my testosterone and free testosterone levels. Um, she, you know, so she would have me check like certain things. Cause again, <clears throat> with you paying for this out of your own pocket, a, a truly comprehensive blood panel could cost several hundred dollars. 
right? And it, it's definitely worth it. But every time you do it, if you don't have, you know, a lot of disposable income, then having them uh, order blood tests, looking at, at more specific things, right? We've already narrowed down, like, okay, what's out of whack? What are we trying to keep an eye on? So we can just do blood work for those things, which helps to keep the, the cost of the blood work down. But after a, uh, you know, a year, I think after six months and after a year, we redid the, uh, the the full comprehensive blood work, and you know, I definitely saw a difference in my uh, my my blood work uh, results. And so, I saw my hormone levels get optimized. Right, everything was at the the high end of normal. Again, nothing was like astronomical. Like that's that's the the thing, right? We're not trying to make you like supra super normal like you know way and above the normal ranges we're trying to get you towards the top maybe a little above the normal ranges and so uh so i saw you know my hormone levels uh optimized and i also saw my triglycerides were like cut in half right so my a1c stayed the same which was you know good again it didn't go up anymore uh, so it kind of stopped the the march towards um, being in the unsafe levels, but my triglycerides definitely made it were were impacted. And so, um, again, what was uh, you know interesting from that was again, like I said, my original blood work showed my triglycerides and my A one C were getting high. And again, if I had just gone into a a regular doctor and you know during my my annual physical and it had my regular blood work done and they do measure these things and you know why because they've got pills that they can prescribe you to make money off of if those levels are out of whack, and you know that is considered a preventative measure and so or I mean a, an intervention I mean when you're starting to get these levels too high and so it's it is covered by insurance and so the uh so again like you know a lot of times someone in my shoes would have walked into their their regular doctor they would have had just normal blood work done which did not include their hormone levels they would have seen that their a1c and their triglycerides were getting high and their doctor would have uh probably prescribed a pill prescribed some sort of of pill to help lower their triglyceride and a1c levels Whereas my my uh, experience was having a comprehensive panel, my hormone replacement therapy doctor looked at it and said, okay, I see these things are getting high, but I also see your testosterone is low. I also see your thyroid is low. These hormones will impact these other things, right? So having low levels of testosterone and thyroid is going to have a negative impact on your A1C and triglyceride levels. So instead of trying to just address the, you know, what what looks like the red flags going up, you know, what is the root cause of that? Oh, well, these other hormone levels are below optimal. Well, let's address that first and see how that impacts these other downstream things. And so that's what happened with me. I did the hormone replacement therapy and I saw that it had a positive impact on the, the triglyceride levels and that it helped maintain my A1C levels and, and it didn't continue to get any worse. And so uh, that's a much different experience going that route than the normal route where I'm taking pills that, that don't, you know, again, because like these other pills, they have side effects, right? Everything has side effects, but I mean like these, you know, the, these A1C medicines and triglyceride medicines, these statins and stuff, they have, uh, you know, potential negative side effects. They, they don't have, like, they're not going to help your energy levels. They're not going to help your sleep. They're not going to help your soreness, right? There's no, like, 
real positive benefits above and beyond just them helping to lower these very specific markers uh, in your blood work. And so the, again, like you come out the other end and it's like, well, I've got optimal hormone levels. I'm feeling better. My energy's better. All these things are better. Plus I have these other things have, have been addressed versus someone who goes the traditional route and you are taking these pills. And so you're, you're potentially dealing with some side effects. I know statins really have, uh, for some people really cause, uh, muscle soreness and, and some other issues. So you could actually be dealing with some side effects from the pills themselves that you're taking that are making things worse. And so, uh, again, there's, there's, it, I'm just trying to like juxtapose these two different routes, right? There's, there's two different ways to address what's happening to us as we get older. And so we can either, you know, look at the downstream negative things and just try and like plug, you know, it's like putting your finger in the hole of the dike as, as the holes pop up. Or you can go back and 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 optimize the the hormone levels, which will have the downstream effect of of helping to make these other things better as well. So um, again, it's it's uh, two different ways to to go about it. As I say, you know, different ways to to skin a cat. Uh, but I do think that one is better than the other, right? I do believe that that hormone replacement therapy for the vast majority of people is going to be a better option than just dealing with a doctor who wants to just prescribe you drugs to address these these uh, you know like say like A1C and triglyceride levels and stuff like that. So um, so anyways, another side effect that I had uh, from the hormone replacement therapy was definitely on the aesthetic side. I've added about eight pounds of muscle uh, over the last year. And uh, my body fat levels have dropped. And like I said, I've never been fat, but I certainly was getting soft, right? And I was having a hard time staying as lean as I used to. And so I definitely saw those trends reversed uh, with my hormone levels being optimized that way. And so, um, again, one of the things I've been talking about with the 40-plus-year-old mountain biker is the need to think about muscle mass and you know so this was also like it wasn't just the hormone replacement therapy it was also my new emphasis on uh, it was that coupled with adding more bodybuilding muscle building stuff into my workouts because of the things that i've been talking about for the 40 plus year old rider about how we need to think about <clears throat> as we get older we're going to lose muscle mass and so we want to develop a reserve of it and we want to be doing things to maintain it and so you know at a certain point adding muscle and, and maintaining the muscle that you have becomes a priority at a level that the younger rider doesn't really need to worry about yet. And so, uh, so again, that, that, you know, adding that eight pounds of muscle went hand in hand with my other goal of trying to get my body in the best position possible so that as it does start to decline, I've got all these reserves built of muscle and strength and power and things like that to help uh, mitigate that and, and, you know, keep myself at a, at a level where I can perform, uh, for as long as possible. And so, uh, and again, it never hurts to feel like you are, you know, it's definitely motivating to work out and feel like, man, I'm, I'm seeing some changes in the mirror. It's not just, you know, yeah, I'm seeing performance changes too, but man, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, man, I got some, 
little extra muscle bulging out there. You know, I'm seeing some some uh, you know some some cuts and some striations in places that I haven't seen for a while, and so uh, it definitely helps motivate you to uh, to continue to work hard when you're seeing the results, not just on the bike, but also uh, in the mirror as well. And so uh, I feel like that that helps you with that. So um, so anyway, so that was my experience with it. Um, just you know, kind of some personal uh, you know, observations or things, um, for myself with the testosterone, uh, I started out with the testosterone cream. <clears throat> the testosterone cream is a very convenient, uh, very popular way to deliver the testosterone. Um, I switched to shots. Uh, this was just a personal preference. Um, cause I just, I like the idea of just having to do a shot twice a week as opposed to having to rub the cream, you know, basically you need to rub the cream where, you, you know, the thin, your skin is the thinnest. And so there's some, you can rub it in your, your armpits, uh, you know, a really popular place to rub it is on your, uh, your scrotum, your ball sack and your groin area. Right. And so, um, again, nothing wrong with that, but just for me personally, having to do that every day, uh, got a little old. And so I just, you know, taking five minutes to give myself a shot twice a week and just being done with it just was more appealing to me. Um, I don't have a problem with giving myself a shot. And so, you know, I said like my dad was a type one diabetic. So like I grew up with him, uh, you know, giving himself shots all the time. So it's not like this big crazy thing. So I understand some people are a little more squeamish with that and have a harder time doing that. So the cream is definitely a, a great way to go. Um, but yeah, just, you know, the cream and the shots are two different ways to go about it. Both have their pluses and minuses. Just personally, I did the shot. Uh, I, I liked, I liked that better. Um, also wanted to point out that hormone replacement therapy is not just for men. Okay. So my wife started it as well after I started it and she started to see my results. Um, my, actually my hormone replacement therapy doctor is a woman. And so she's on it as well. And so she uh, was talking to my wife about the benefits. And so my wife started hormone replacement therapy. And yes, as part of her hormone replacement therapy, uh, she's in her early 40s now. Um, and her testosterone, because again, women do have testosterone in their bodies. And it does decline and it does affect things in them. And so uh, she is on a very low dose of testosterone. But it certainly has not made her quote unquote manly right? It's, uh, uh, if anything, it's just enhanced her, her femininity in some, uh, rather attractive ways. And so, uh, I'm certainly not complaining about any of the, the, the benefits that it's had for her. Um, and so again, but she's noticed similar results, you know, much less sore from training, able to sleep better, recover faster, uh, again, some, some, uh, aesthetic, uh, benefits, you know, just seeing some changes in the mirror as well. Again, she's never really been, she's, she's always been in shape. Uh, but again, you just start to, to notice, man, that like, man, my body is just not responding the same way as it was when I was younger. And so that can, that can be a little frustrating, right? And so seeing that that trend reverse can be uh, motivating, like I said. So uh, so again, yeah, what, if you're listening to this and you're uh, a woman, then this can be for you as well. And if you are a dude listening to this and you decide to get on it and you got a woman in your life, uh, you know, may uh, get her on it as well. It can be something that you guys can both benefit from. Um, so, you know, again, like I, I pointed out in the beginning, I just want to point out one more time, you know, towards the end of the podcast here, 
Um, I, there are risks with hormone replacement therapy, right? Nothing is risk-free. Everything carries some risk. So it's not going to benefit everyone the same way. Uh, however, it, in my opinion, right, this is just my opinion, uh, the risks are pretty small compared to the potential benefits. Uh, but that is something that you have to decide for yourself. So I would encourage you to do some research on hormone replacement therapy, on testosterone replacement therapy, and you know, see if you think that it would be right for you. Uh, if you want to optimize your health span, again, that's that idea like lifespan is how long you live. Health span is how healthy you are during those years, right? How, how active and are you able to do the things that you want to do as you get older? And so for us, the whole writing for a lifetime concept it really centers around maximizing our health span as well as our lifespan. So if you want to optimize that health span and you want to be able to ride for a lifetime, then hormone replacement therapy, it might be an important part of your long-term strategy. So yes, it's going to cost you more than doing nothing at all, right? Like because you are going to have to pay for uh, part or all of it out of your own pocket. But you're most likely heading off other problems that are going to cost you way more down the road. And even if it doesn't cost you out of your own pocket because some issues come up that start to be covered by insurance, you're still going to have to deal with it in bad health and time and all the other things that come up uh, from you know having you know some issues pop up that really could have been avoided if you were keeping your hormone levels optimized and you know staying in good shape while you're you're getting older. Right. So, you know, like I said, do some research on the benefits and the risks. And then if you think it's right for you, find a hormone replacement therapy doctor that you can talk with and, and learn a little bit more. But like I said, based on my own experience, my wife's experience, experience of, of a lot of other people that I know that have used it, um, I think that, that hormone replacement therapy is something that everybody, once they get past the age of 40, 45 years old, should be considering using. And so again, I got friends that are starting this in their late 30s, right? Because they're just seeing like, man, why do I want to wait until I'm really experiencing a decline uh, to start this, right? And so it's becoming more and more acceptable, uh, more and more common. I, I'll, I'll almost guarantee you that if you're, you know, you're listening to this, that you know someone who's on some level of hormone replacement therapy. Like they may not talk about it. You may not uh, know about it, but um, I, I I would be highly surprised if there's not someone in your circle uh, or peripheral circle who's on this already. Because like I said, it's becoming way 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 more popular, way more acceptable for for people to do and get into. So um, again, if it's something that you've thought about but you you know thought might not be right for you, then then hopefully this podcast has given you some fuel for thought to get you to to think about it some more. Um, and again you know, may not be right for you. I, I don't know. You've got to make that decision for yourself. I just know for myself that it was the right decision. And for a lot of other people uh, that I know, uh, it's been the right decision as well. So uh, maybe the right decision for you as well. So anyway, so that's it. Uh, uh, once again, you can find out more about uh, the writing for a lifetime concept and a bunch of, you know, training tips. And I've got videos and articles and more podcasts and all sorts of stuff at bikejames.com. While you're there, you can check out my training programs. We have the 40 plus year old training program, uh, 40 plus year, 40 plus 
your old MTB rider training program. Sorry, I forgot to got to get the name out there. Uh, which is my my program. I, I know there's uh, some other programs out there that focus on the 40 plus rider, but I'm pretty sure mine was the first. Uh, there does tend to be a little bit of copying of my stuff among other people that do mountain bike strength training stuff that I've noticed. But anyways, um, but it is uh, as far as I know the first 40 plus year old specific program for the mountain biker. Uh, I do believe that it is unique and that it uh, incorporates things like isometrics and breath work and CO2 tolerance training. And so there's some things in there that you're not going to find in just a normal workout, some, some, some tactics and strategies and things that I've found uh, have helped me as I've gotten older and, and enhanced my workouts and made things help me see better results with less time and effort, getting less sore, um, really kind of some of those things that you're you're looking at as you're as you're getting older. So uh, be sure to check that out. I've also got my guide to better breathing for uh, for mountain biking, which is, you know, just like it sounds uh, really big into breath work these days and the impact that it can have on your health and your fitness and your performance and your mindset. There's so many things that that proper breathing and, and, and you know, some some good strategies and tactics uh, will help with. And so the guide to better breathing, I put uh, together to uh, share uh, all the stuff that I had learned. You know, you're going to figure out how to assess your breathing. What does that mean? Some some workouts and things that you can do. Some some competition strategies. Like it's a really comprehensive guide to helping you get the most out of your your breathing uh, to impact your you know to help with your performance and, and health and stuff. And so I've got you know a lot of other programs. The Ultimate MTB Workout Program. Got kettlebell programs, dumbbell programs. So whatever wherever you're at in your journey, whether you're just starting, whether you've got no equipment, whether you've got a bunch of equipment, whatever it is. Uh, I've got a program that can help you out. So if you got any questions on where to get started, you can hit me up at james at bikejames.com. I'm always happy to help. Uh, you can also just sign up for the newsletter, right? I've got a free newsletter uh, where you get a free four-week workout. Um, I get send out weekly uh, training tips and updates and stuff. And so you can just start with that, right? A free uh, no-cost way to start uh, learning more and, and starting on this journey towards this riding for a lifetime concept. So, uh, so yeah. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this podcast, giving you guys some things to think about. Again, check me out at bikejames.com, and I will talk to everybody next time.